Hey, welcome to More Than Hashtags, a practical social media podcast that provides real application, what's working, what's trending, and what's next. I'm Adam Lidecker, Director of Social Strategy at Auto Radio, OTTO Radio. And I'm Vincent Orlick, CMO at Brandish Social and President of Social Media Club, both here in beautiful, hot Phoenix, Arizona. All right, well, let's get into, let's get into like, we're going back to the, our original format, stated format. We've kind of veered off a little bit the last week or two. Um. (laughs) Yeah, so typically how the show rolls and we get into tactics, a little bit of discovery, industry news. Um, Last couple of times we kind of honed in on one topic or had a special guest. So just kick it off, my friend. Let's get into it. Tactics. Well, the yeah, the first thing we're going to talk about here, uh, tactic-wise, is the note I made for myself. So Adam really has no idea what we're about to talk about with mine. Um, location, location, location. Yes, let's talk about real estate, people. You didn't know you were tuning into a real estate <laughs> podcast. You got it. It's happening. Um, on social be, media, it will be. It'll be found on the real estate theme station on Auto Radio. Uh, just kidding. Um, no, it won't be. It, this is not real estate. Location, location, location. I put that in in our little notes to reference the fact that location stories, location tagging, and in Instagram yep. um, is a thing. It's officially a thing. It's, I've tried it too many times and seen too many things happening um, where it's not a thing. So the basis of this is a few weeks ago, Instagram announced location stories. And what these are is when you create a, a photo or video in your Instagram story, when you um, hit the little after you take it, you take, hit the little square with the face in it on the top right portion of the screen. And that brings up where you access all the emojis and the cool little stickers and overlays and <clears throat> all that. One of the, the first options is location. You tap the location button and then you can type in, really, you, you can type in and search for any location anywhere. You don't even have to be necessarily in that location. But it helps. I mean, it's just, it's better to do it in the location you're in. I think from everything I've, I've tried myself, I feel like if the more accurate you are, even, even if it's the building that you're in, um, not even just the city, but the actual spot that you're in, like a restaurant or something that that even helps it along. So what happens is when you select the location that puts that video or image into the location story on Instagram, that's based around, the city that that's in. So for example, um, if I was at social media day, we were in Phoenix at galvanize and I did a location story picture or video. I tagged galvanize and that puts it into the Phoenix location story, um, which allows more people to see it. They don't have to be following you in order to see it. They just have to go into the, the Phoenix story, the location story itself to view it. So ultimately what happens is um, not with every video or picture, but with some of them, uh, if you do it often enough, 
it does spike the view count. There's no question about it. I mean, I had one that was almost 700 views, which for me, I mean, look, that's a lot on an, on an Instagram story. That's a lot. I mean, I'll get like a hundred, 200, maybe, um, 700 on one. And what's interesting too, was funny is that was a, a snap with a face filter that, that I had uploaded good, from Snapchat. And when it was a pretty good face filter, <laughs> it was the gorilla one. It was, I was like, I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I love that. It was really good. Um, uh, but I, I had saved the snap and I had, then I went over to Instagram stories and I had uploaded it. Now it wasn't because it was a snap. It just, because I tagged it in the location I was in the city I was in at the time, which is here in Mesa. Um, do you remember what time? Cause it, if people were more active. It, it was it, later at night. That's probably true. Cause if people were more active at that moment, say there's 700 people at that moment. And well, through. you know what though? Yes and no. Cause I've done it at all times. I've done it at all different times. And there's been some times where within the first like hour, it's got 200 views. There's been other times where within the first hour, it's got like 80, but then after like five hours, it's up to like 300, 400. Now, just to clarify, this is different. Like you've always been able to, when you post, select a location on that drop down menu. So this is different. Yes. You could, I mean, just in the, in your normal Instagram feed. So people might be thinking about that because when you add a photo, you can add the location. Right. But you're actually tagging. You're tagging the. So when you tap on the photo, it actually yep. pops up. It so does. It shows up as a little overlay and it'll say, like in, in the case of social media day, it said galvanize yeah. or it'll say Phoenix or whatever city you're in, what, whatever, whatever the location specific, as specific as you want to make it, um, that, that appears on the Instagram search now if you just add like like here's one my friend just checked in and the photo they don't have anything tagged but at the top it says san francisco airport well and that's just a regular instagram feed photo now, now i do notice on the top of that there is the that's the location story location story so the I airport i don't think if theirs is going to show up in, on location story it's just showing up on the most recent feed for photos. So, and I, and I think a lot of us have done that over the, over the years. Like that's always been available. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Tagging is absolutely discovery feature is a lot. Yeah. It's, you definitely want to try it out. Now I will say for me, I mean, you said you want to be in the location. I, I did a little promo about a story about kingdom yards and I tagged uh, the stadium. Even though I was, you know, not on that side of the country. Mm -hmm. uh, because it was like a little bit about the history and the design of the stadiums. I wanted people who were at the game to discover that. Um, so that would be the only thing I could think of where you'd want to tag. I'm sure people like try to tag other places to get, you know, try to boost their engagement artificially, but you're right. Try to stick authentic. And uh, I feel like you're, you're filtering me right now. No. Mr. Social Media. No, I was just doing a uh, a quick Instagram story nice. post, and uh, gonna tag it with the location. See we'll what tag it with the location. See how it does. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, what do you got? Um, it's all about native, native, native. So mine is, uh, I guess, a little bit similar to yours. Um, but I would say, when you're uploading the content, I will specifically stick to. Facebook and Twitter for this one. Um, 
a lot of people know this, but maybe they don't take the extra step to do it. So it's always good to reiterate a practical tactic. Um, specifically with video, you can always attach a YouTube link. It's easy. However, you know, a couple of years ago, Facebook tried to compete and win the video game. So they will serve that video if you just upload it natively uh, to, to Facebook, serve it to more people than the YouTube link. It's almost like they devalue. And I will say the same thing about, uh, not a lot of people do this on Twitter, but you can upload shorter videos directly to Twitter. Uh, used to only be able to do it through the app, but now you can do it on the, the website as well. Um, so I definitely encourage whatever platform you're on, try to, you know, like I said, don't post a YouTube video on Facebook because those platforms have gotten smart. They right. want to keep people on their page, not send people away. So if you're posting a link and that link is sending people away, you should probably think about this. Uh, I'm not one to do Facebook notes, but you've mentioned this several times. The fact that you could, I mean, I don't know if people do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't do them much. I mean, it's an option. I don't do them much. Here and there, I've seen it rare, rarely. I think it's a good, like you tested it. So it's a good test rather than linking that to an external blog. Now, that's a different story because when you're talking about created content, you do, unless it's a branding play, you do want to send people, you do want to send traffic to your site. Right. Um, however, it's always good to, you know, consider native when you think about that. Um, one, one thing I, as tools become available, pay attention to that. It's like we talked last week about adding links natively in Snapchat, but now you can get traffic to your site. Um, and I'll even go a little further. Like I know a lot of people repurpose and it's okay that you uploaded a Snapchat filter to Instagram. I think if you're, you're uploading your entire snap story, uploading the entire mm. thing, yeah. over to Instagram and then putting that, you know, copying it everywhere. Um, probably not the best. I'm not saying it's lazy or, or a cop out. It may work on some occasions. Uh, but if you can create unique content to each platform for each audience, um, it's always good to be and stay native. Um, for sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. It, I mean, sometimes it's a simple it's just, tactic, but it's fun. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting and fun to, uh, specifically I like snaps to Instagram stories. I don't do it the other way around just because of the, the white border on Snapchat. Yeah. And the reason I do it to, to Instagram stories is because on Snapchat, it's got the bitmoji and the filters. So, I mean, a little bit it, nicer. And then, and then it's, it's an awareness thing too. And that people, if they see you're, you're using that on Instagram, they may go, you know, it's a soft sell too. Like if you want to go follow that person on Snapchat, you know, they're on Snapchat. Sure. Yeah. Not a hard and fast rule, but, um, each platform has, it's unique and you can do. Absolutely. I mean, one thing I'll always say, like, do you know, don't necessarily take our word for it. Go test. So go put a YouTube link on your Facebook page and you go upload that video natively a week apart. See what happens. Yep. Try the same thing with, um, with Twitter. And the other, the other good tip is, I mean, you can also crop the video so you can use it as a teaser, do a promo, and then link people back to the traffic, but, yep. but work natively. And also, if you don't want to upload the whole entire video, say you're, say you have a nice YouTube following and you want to drive people to YouTube, 
nothing wrong with that. Just know what you what Facebook does and does not do. So do that promo video and then link people over. Because you can, when you upload a video on uh, natively on Facebook, it's nice because at the end of that clip, you can add links to go to your call to action. So, hey, practical. Truth. Give it a try. Truth. All right. Next up. Discovery. What have we... What are the fun things or useful things or educational things or valuable things that we've discovered in our travels? I'm looking at your notes and uh, you got to get into it because I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. Well, I'm going to say exactly what the notes say. Uh, my, one of my favorite new Twitter accounts that I just discovered uh, is Dark Stock photos oh okay, okay. and uh i've seen this <clears throat> i don't know that it's a new account i mean the account the account itself well you know what the account itself i'm just looking it did just join in june and it's got a hundred thousand followers um but it did just start in june now whether or not there was another one before this i don't know but i i'm, I'm i don't re- remember totally where i saw this to to be like oh i gotta go follow this but it was on somewhere that was like maybe it was mashable somewhere like that where it, it got, it was getting exposure. So, um, at dark, Wait, was it, what it was, a I think it was a Twitter moment. Oh yeah. I it might've been, it, it might've been, maybe that's where, maybe that's where it was, but it's at dark stock photos. And, um, <laughs> it was a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. And it plays on the whole joke of how we always make fun of, these stock photos that in social media marketing, like we subscribe to services. We've talked about a service like unsplash. It's not really a service. It's out there for free to download. You can use them. Um, They're free for anyone. Oh my Um, goodness. This is horrible. (laughs) Yes. But then there's like places like Shutterstock or um, Getty or other I'm probably missing one, but there's a lot of places you can go and pay for stock photos and for you just type in search terms and there's like a million. Um, but this, <laughs> this account, this guy, or whoever runs his account, like, um, Oh, iStock is the other one by Getty, which is the same. Um, but this guy pulls, he goes in and like, I don't know, he pulls them from all these, all these services, these photo services um, and pulls like the worst ones, but they're bad funny like they're they're images that you would be like who would ever use this right in something there's like, a lot of ones in here with like guns kids with guns, <laughs> kids with uh, guns. <laughs> like, workplace accidents look the my <clears throat> the one the one that is like making me laugh right now is uh the, the it's a so it's a picture of it's like a cubicle setting in an office there's this one one woman in the forefront that's like looking at the camera straight on with like a notebook and she's kind of like like got like the come hither look very you know like flirtatious and behind her is another woman who's out of focus and she's about to swing a um <laughs> swing like a freaking samurai sword at her and she's making this like crazy face. So like there's that. <laughs> there's there's another one of like a guy checking his phone about to hit someone. <laughs> Someone's floating upside down in the pool with a with a glass of wine 
um, next next to it. There's basically a, like a lot of like gun <laughs> gun ones, knife ones, drug ones, booze ones. <laughs> well, what about the one? There's one from July 5th where it's like a like a big box store, like a or a warehouse worker, and he's laying on the ground on his stomach. That was, <laughs> there's, a, that was there's prime, a prime day. Prime. There's a box <laughs> on top of him. Yeah, like so. There are so. Needless to say, these are all staged photos. They're not real photos. They're but yeah, staged but would, stock who, photos. One who would take these photos? Two who would pay for them? Like if you're making blog poster content. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, so you, you just you just never know because a lot of these pictures, you you know, there's a guy sticking a knife in a toaster, <laughs> <laughs> like he's trying to get something out. Like, but th- there's some other really weird like. Yeah, why would you ever use yeah. these photos of like these kids like with guns or like people? This one dude sitting there drinking a beer and snacking, and it looks like he's watching something like just burn on his on his monitor on his computer monitor. <laughs> you know, there's photos of someone breaking in the house. There's, <laughs> there's like, a bunch of them like people like almost driving over people like kids yeah. when their bikes are like. I don't know, it's so weird. Lots of them with scissors. Don't run with scissors, kids. <laughs> like, it's funny because we would never really write, do blog content like this. No, well, not not in a serious tone. Oh, what the heck? But anyway, um, we're sitting here. Go check it out. It's on Twitter. At, at dark stock photos or just search dark dark stock photos you'll just come yeah out. dark stock photos you'll you'll see it we'll put the link in the show notes too so that's my that's my fun little discovery it's kind of humorous well it's i guess kind of humorous it's hilarious <laughs> man Dude, i love well, this this one is oh man so mine is basically how i how i discovered it was twitter moments um and the reason why i'm putting this in the discovery field because twitter moments was a thing for a while we all thought it disappeared. It was going away. Um, it basically, it didn't go away. Just Facebook or Twitter moved it around how you could create a moment. So basically a moment, anybody can create them. It's a series of either photos, tweets, uh, videos, and it tells a story. So I discovered, I didn't even know this. That was your discovery. But I remember discovering dark stock photos in a Twitter moment. So obviously this account um, created, you know, pinned together 10 or 20 photos and it showed up because some of my friends shared it um what's nice is I'm it might have even it might have even been just a twitter moment that twitter yeah created as as in the funny levity. funny yeah. category yeah because right now i'm in here um alt, alt disney illustration updates cartoon yeah. classics for better or worse i saw that one tonight too. um yeah, so there's some funny ones in here, a lot of sports ones. Uh, they do try to match it, and also they'll show it to you based on. Um, oh, actually, I see there's some. It says uh, category it says is boxing, cool, haha, weird. Uh, but also, it'll show if any of your followers create a mm-hmm. Twitter moment, it'll show up, which is why I'm bringing it up because I think it's easy to get in there and see the curated stuff that Twitter does and not realize how much uh, power is behind a Twitter moment. So like for instance, today uh, I did a Twitter moment for net neutrality. So I spent a lot of time creating uh, these videos that were doing a promo to the net neutrality podcast episodes. And 
even just scheduling all that stuff. So there was enough common commonality between the, I think six or seven, eight tweets I did throughout the day that I could actually put that into a, a Twitter moment. And then I realized all of my followers that will under the, um, you know, the discover, the search discover tab mm-hmm. that will show up for them. So um, I don't know if you got it or not. I don't know if it's showing my own. I'm in here now, but I don't see it myself, but I know it's, I know it's being served. Uh, but one thing like one, you can discover really cool stuff, literally discovery. And two, you can utilize, um, create your own Twitter moment. Can you do it? Let's see here. You can do it on mobile and you can do it on desktop. Okay. The mobile is relatively new, but it's, it, to be honest, it works really well. It's almost easier to do it on mobile. Uh, yeah, and I know desktop is where I created mine, which it doesn't have to be just your tweets. It could be tweets that you like. Could or be you any for tweets. Um, any so tweets. You could get really creative with this. Um, I've seen some funny ones, like you know, reactions to political comments, or somebody like um, did a, a flub on national TV, and then you know, it's like it's like late night comedy where they show that read the tweets, and people collect these. So. And it's funny, it's funny you bring this up because I, in, in a couple places that I've been over the last week or two, I've heard people say, talk about Twitter moments and how, and like, there's almost this surprise of, yeah, I'm, oh yeah, I, I love Twitter moments. Like, mm-hmm. and everyone else is kind of like, oh, you do too? Really? Like other people are looking at this? Like, I, I feel, I, I agree with you. I think it's under appreciated and underrated right now it's it's funny to say anything on twitter is like underrated but i feel like there's more people are looking at the moments right because of the it, there is good stuff on there and and people are are getting a lot of this like kind of news breakdown and it's it's basically like when it came out it got compared to stories yeah and i think I, if i'm remembering correctly they had like a search discover and trends in like three different places. And they removed one of my favorite features. Now I don't even remember where it was, yeah. but they kind of put it all together. Yeah. Um, but here I'll just show you an example. Like if I hadn't have created a Twitter moment today, I mean, so the tweets are doing great. They're already getting a lot of um, engagement traction views and all that. So here's one I created earlier. Let's give you some stats on this. Um, didn't pay for it, didn't boost it, nothing like that. Uh, did, did, did tag the people in it that were in the podcast, tagged net neutrality, which was topical for the day. So it got almost 3,000 impressions. Uh, it was a video. Uh, so it got, you know, almost 300 v- plays, uh, likes, retweets, etc. Um, so let's just deal with impressions, almost 3,000 impressions just for that one tweet. So all these tweets are already created. In fact, if I wanted to gather more net neutrality, I could have. Um, so I put all those into a moment. Well, moments give you stats just for the actual collection, which is a good word. It's essentially a collection. So I didn't have to do this. I did it, created it. So this Twitter moment got 350 impressions just for the moment. And, it, and then all the other stats, they increase. Um, engagement likes retweets um, so it's really like 
going back to atomizing content, starting with a large piece of content and, you know, working your way down. And this is a tool in that toolbox. So, you know what I like too about moments that I, I think it's probably my favorite aspect of it is that even the moments that like Twitter makes most of the moments just right. Right. They're, they curate most of these moments and come up with them and they're not all really like a lot of it is Trump based. A lot of it is political stuff. Headline news. Yeah. Headline news. Um, but, but there's, there's like a lot of, a lot of different things that are, that are put in there. I mean, they put wrestling in there. They put, um, well, let me switch accounts. I'm going to go over to my personal, I'll, I'll go yeah. over my personal account. Well, well, but here's the thing real quick that, that they, well, even when stuff. Twitter, well, yeah, they do the different stuff, but even when Twitter's making these moments, the tweets that are in the moments, even, even it might be a whole moment featuring tweets that are like, it's not like they're viral. They're right. Like there's tweets that have like 40 people that liked it, <laughs> like that tweet or something. And that might be the whole moment might be full of all tweets just like that. But it was just like an interesting topic that Twitter kind of curated and found that sure. moments team found. And so I like that they do that, that they, that they take like, it's not just the celebrities, the Biebers and of the world and, and celebrities of the world tweeting and they're getting featured. It's like everybody, if you, there's been a couple of times I, I've been surprised that I, I didn't make it into a moment <laughs> with a particular tweet. Like it's, I bet I, cause I thought I really had a good chance. These are pipe dreams. <laughs> it was the DDoS one. The yeah. DDoS tweet I had. I thought for sure that was going to. So, so you would have, if you would have made your own moment, which anybody can. Well, right. Right. But the, the scope of that, it's a little different. It's limited to my, my followers or like the hashtag. I have to hashtag it the right way and make but sure. But if you think about it, even if you don't have a lot of followers, you could still, if you get likes and retweets, it will be recommended to the friends of friends. So, yeah. Yep. I'm going to play around with it more. Uh, I continue to create them because I already tweeted the content. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would be good to, to do a combination. So like say you did a Twitter chat. Say you didn't even host the Twitter chat. So you take a part in a Twitter chat every week. You want to re recap that Twitter chat. You can just go and collect all those. Oh, that's – you know what's hilarious is Adweek does their – their weekly Twitter chat and like a few months back I was, I was, I jumped in and, and at the end I was just, I was just thinking about that and I was like, it's like, Oh, you guys should make this into a Twitter moment. And they were like, oh, you're right. We should. And they, and they started doing it and it was like really cool. And then I, I think buffer may, may do it for their chat. Maybe not every time, but, um, and then there's the regular things too. Like the Sunday, actually I think it gets posted on Monday they'll do the church signs this week oh, in church funny. signs. Yeah, right. And that's every week they do yeah. that. I, I'm pretty sure it's on Mondays. Well, and, and it may not work for everybody like buffer. They do the recap, but on their, on their website. So they do want to drive traffic back. So I get that they're giving back. They're doing a lot on Twitter. So it does make sense that some of that letters letters back. Um, but it'd be nice to see the question and like they could hand pick hand select three or four of the people who answer. That'd be pretty cool. Well, it's a documentation too. You know, it's instead of putting it into Storify, let's say that I know like right. for media chat, um, our buddy Aaron does a Storify every week for it, which is great. 
No, I think even even um, Christy Christy Gillentine does it for ChatSnap. She does a Storify as well. Um, but it's you could totally use a, a moment to document the tweets from the Twitter chat. Right. Even though they only live like 24 hours in that today's moments, you have the tweet. It's going to be there. Well, and you have the moments. You have the little area. You can go and look at all the moments you've ever made. That's true. And you can always retweet them out. I mean, you can do... No, I don't know if you've done this before. Um, some people, like, if you're creating a moment throughout the day, you're like, oh, I want to get everything on there first. And you can go back and add to that moment. You can, yeah. I do that, I do that often. You know? So, I just realized I forgot to post a video today. <laughs> to the, to that's the a moment. Good idea, though. That, that's a good idea, though. To, I, I didn't really consider that because... I, you can edit it and add to it and all that. And if you're doing it as you go, then that, that might help it along too. If, especially if it's like a day long event or something or, and I don't know this for sure. Like if it's like a Snapchat story, if you add, if it'll continue to go back for the people who already watched it and they'll pick up where they left off. I don't know if that's true. It makes sense. It would because new content, but, but even if it doesn't, you could still like, you could plan it out as say the event organizer sure. and you could say you could just know that you're gonna okay Work as you go yeah and in the morning like okay there's three i'm gonna put together like three or four at the beginning and and put that out as a moment and then middle middle of the day i'm gonna grab another couple add those to it and tweet it out again the moment for anyone that missed it and use the hashtag because now you're talking about an event hashtag which people are on anyway and looking at and then you do a, f a final one at the end of the event, like a wrap up, and now they're all in there. Yeah, I dig it. And you push it out. No, that's a good idea. Hey, give it a try. <laughs> uh, dig into your industry news. This looks interesting, but I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is. I'm gonna pull up. Yeah, let me pull list up list of most used video YouTube videos. But how did how did this come about in your in your brain pan? Most viewed, well, it, the, uh, the last day or two, it's been in the news cycle about um, the, the most watched YouTube video for the last, I don't know, year or two has been the famous Gangnam Style by Psy, which is the Hoppa Gangnam Style. Wow. Right? So that's, that was the first YouTube video to break 2 billion, 2, two billion. The billion view club. The, it was actually, it was the first one to break 1 billion and then it was the first one to break 2 billion. It kept going. <laughs> it kept going. Yeah. And it did that. It was uploaded just over two years ago. So that, that's not a long time at all. So now here's the thing. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one. That was uploaded in 2012. Sorry. Um, the one that passed it was just uploaded two years ago and just passed it. And the new leader in the clubhouse is Wiz Khalifa featuring Charlie Puth. I believe is how you say it. Puth with see you again. And, uh, that one along with Psy with Gangnam style, they're actually both creeping up on 3 billion video views along with a few others so it just yeah, a bieber's third this this is interesting the next line says the fastest videos to reach 1 billion views 
So hello in 87 days, Despacito in 97 days. So where those other ones took. Uh, well, now it's at a critical mass. Yeah. Well, when I saw Because more this, people are watching. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube is more relevant than ever. I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking back then you didn't have Snapchat. You didn't have all these other apps to, to draw the attention away. I was thinking more people were watching uh, YouTube, but in reality, younger people are onboarding <laughs> every day, and that's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. Which most of those all have ads, and people are making seven figures on those. <laughs> yeah, well, and and let's. I did want to bring up about Des, Despacito, uh, which is actually the the original version, Luis Fonsi with Daddy Yankee. That was just uploaded this year in January. Right, right. Like you said, it was however many days, right? And and that is at two and a half billion views right now. And it's definitely going strong. This the the new number one Wiz Khalifa was see you again. Um just happened, but I I totally feel like Despacito is gonna pass oh, for that. Sure. Um, within a couple months um here's the other thing too the two the two people that actually dominate dominate are taylor swift and Katy perry if you look at their and this list we're looking at is on it's on wikipedia it's list of most viewed youtube videos it's a whole list of all the videos right so oh, you you did forget bieber <laughs> no, I didn't forget him. I didn't forget him. He's up there. He's absolutely, he's got the number three all time over two and a half billion views. But Taylor, T Swift. T Swift. Um, she's, she's got, a, her Shake It Off video is over two billion. Then she's got another one, Blank Space, that's over two billion. So between those two alone, she's almost at, four and a half billion video views with two videos. Katy Perry is right up there too with like around four billion between two videos. Bieber for sure. Um he's he's a dominating force there too. But the main the main point with all this that I, I kinda wanted to just cap it off with is there's only one video in the top fifteen maybe 20 um there's two there's two videos in the top 20 one in the top 15 that are that are not music videos <laughs> <laughs> these are all music videos and what demographic are they for young kids gen z wheels on the bus or oh oh the ones that are the ones that are not music videos yeah 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 yeah, one is a movie, Mash and the Bear, which my three-and-a-half-year-old, that's in her heavy rotation. Um, not that movie, but Masha and the Bear she watches. And then the other one is Wheels on the Bus. Um, so, which is, it makes sense. If you're a parent, you know what we're talking about because, you know. On repeat. <laughs> but it's just interesting that that so many, like, how much do we talk about MTV yeah, and music videos being dead, but they're not dead. <laughs> they just they moved 
and they moved to YouTube, and that's what happened. Well, think of this. I just saw this headline just yesterday. Um, Spotify has a new number one artist, Daddy Yankee. <laughs> well, based on like, oh, because of the Despacito? Probably. Um, is it based on, on down, not downloads, plays. but plays? Yeah. So then now that you've brought this up, I'm thinking of the large generation of people who are probably not paying for a music service like Spotify or Apple Music. Um, and they're just like playing these on repeat. Yeah, they're video, but they're just playing them on repeat in the background. You know? Yes, and I would also add in that the ones that are these fastest rising ones, right? Let's not underestimate the power of the marketing probably behind something like the Taylor Swift. Um, even though that came out in 2014, her top one, the there was still there was definitely marketing behind this and the appropriate tagging and all yeah. that. Like, even though it was I'm sure it was on her Vivo channel. This video, like all these ones are on their Vivo channels, which are owned by it's YouTube's like MTV, basically. But Vivo is where all the official channels live for all the music artists on YouTube. Um, so, so there's there's also the push behind that. If you ever run YouTube and you you watch a music video, you're not necessarily gonna get like if you watch a Taylor Swift video, you're not gonna necessarily get just all the Taylor Swift videos as suggested. Next, you're gonna get other huge top videos, music videos right. by other people. So there's a whole thing. I mean, it's, it's not as pure as, oh my God, everybody loves the Taylor Swift song or the Justin Bieber song. In some cases, yes, because their demographic is totally on YouTube and just playing stuff over and over. Um, but there's a lot more underneath all of this too that has pushed it. I'm curious as well, since we just were talking about native video, I'm uh, just a little curious to see if on Taylor Swift's uh, page, Facebook page, if she's uploading the video natively, because there could be mil millions of views there, or if linking directly to YouTube. Because, you know, she has, what, 74, 74 million fans on Facebook. Um, okay, so this is a good point. So she's doing a lot of um, native facebook live videos mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense um so getting the views there and then i'm not seeing here i just wanted to see if they were like linking back to youtube because well and right now it's look youtube is the thing we all know it right it's like youtube and instagram those are the two main like okay. biggest things but but if you if you really look at like like when kendrick lamar came out with his album recently and the first single off the album was humble mm -hmm. video came out number one the video was like i mean you could use the term avant-garde filmmaking video making if you wanted to because it's it's a different piece of work it's really visually interesting it's not just like him lip-syncing and dancing around or or hanging around in front of some cars or something like it's not your typical rap video it's very interesting and unique but that video had 30 million views in the first like three days, two or three days. Right. Right. It's a lot. So there's that marketing machine to lead up to the album. So 
Oh, so here's what I found, and it's exactly what we were talking about using native video for the channel. So obviously, the first channel for Taylor was was YouTube, um, the biggest channel for her demo. Now, however, on on Facebook, she uses native Facebook Live, and she ha does she mainly links to YouTube or uh, Vivo. However, there were some uploaded sneak peeks, and the link was Vivo. Mm -hmm. So the 1.1 million views. Now some of the other ones that got uploaded got like 32,000 views. So you can see, um, oh, those were live. Never mind. So some of those got more. But you could see, I, I like it that they are still using natively uploaded trailers. Um, and then obviously it makes a lot of sense that you want to be try to stay number one on YouTube. So they're using it all. And That's cool. uh, and last lastly but not least, I will throw this out there. The oldest, the oldest video that's on this list of essentially it's the top 80 all-time YouTube videos as of today. The oldest on the list is from 2007. <laughs> and it did reach over a billion views. Is it the evolution of dance? It is not. Oh. They're all, except for a couple, they're all some sort of music video it was if you remember the infamous gummy bear song <laughs> uh that that one is uh the oldest one that's still in the top i mean it's number 64 it's but it's got a, the the number 64 video has over a billion views <laughs> i'd love to i don't know if, if well i'm sure youtube has unique i'm sure they could figure that out but it'd be interesting that like there for a while before we got a music streaming service, you know, my daughter's five years old. My other daughter's two. Pretty much there's two songs by one artist that we would play every single night to put her to bed. Um, and I would play that before we got Apple music and then Spotify. I, I would do YouTube literally probably 10 to 20 times of repeat per <laughs> night. Wow. Over at least four years, last four years that we put them to bed. This one artist, one of the one or two of her songs. Wow. <laughs> so I, I contributed uh, on a weekly basis, hundreds of plays. Um, that's, that'd be interesting to know. Cause I imagine like you love that. It's just like when you got a record and you're going to like play it on repeat. But for those of you who do not know what records are. <laughs> you will soon. Cause they're coming back. They're coming back. <laughs> Huge comeback. All right, what do, what do, you, what do you got? Yeah, next? my industry news, I'll go quick. Um, it is quite detailed, so we'll link it out on on our Twitter accounts, show notes. Um, yeah, I'll throw it in the show notes. Um, our friends over at BuzzSumo. Uh, BuzzSumo is a great you know, analytics tool. They help you find um, top trending topics, uh, content, top users sharing content. So if you're into writing blog posts, uh, it's you can just use it as a search engine and find just the top performing um, content from any topic or any competitor uh, or to find those key influencers to promote, that, to promote that content. So what they did, I love their headline, we analyzed 100 million headlines. Uh, here's what we learned, new research. So they're just giving out this research for free. They went through all the headlines they have availability to and this is just a gold mine 
Um, in this document, you're going to find headline phrases that drive the most engagement on Facebook. Probably not what you think. Uh, some of the worst performing headlines on Facebook. Um, some of the most effective phrases that start or end headlines. So really interesting copywriting, copy editing. Uh, if you're not into that world, this will help you. Um, and then until everyone does the same thing and then it will change next year. <laughs> um, optimal number of words, characters to use in a headline. Most impactful numbers. I found this one quite interesting. Luckily, I was using the right number <laughs> for my blog posts. Um, little cliche, but there are some other ones. And I'll touch on that right now. Uh, most engaging Twitter headline phrases. So great. Um, it's, it's at buzzsumo.com slash blog. Uh, if you go now, it's going to be one of their top ones or probably in their archive. But it's interesting that most engaging headline phrases uh, will make you. That's one of the phrases, will make you. Uh, this is why. Can we guess? Um, so some of the ones that were the least were still a lot, but some of the least were what happened next, which if you're familiar with like clickbait, you'll never guess what happened next is often used. So in fact, the tables have turned. Well, which is funny because how much of that do you, would you say is um, because of the crackdown too with Facebook for sure against those clickbait type headlines? Yeah. So, and, and they break this down when you say, we'll make you, this is why, um, those are emotional. So some of the things were, um, typical headlines, uh, 24 foot pictures that will make you feel better about the world. Uh, what the airline, what this airline did for passengers will make you tear up. will make you, will make you a better person. will make you laugh out loud. Very emotional, very, um, almost escaping the, the drudgery of the day. So that makes a lot of sense that emotional headlines drive interactions. Uh, other phrases were tears of joy, make you cry, give you goosebumps. Um, so you can't work all that in there, but I could totally work in, we'll make you smarter, you know, 10 podcasts, you know, I could think of ways to do that, but be honest with when you're constructing, uh, make, make sure that whatever you're constructing is your headline matches expectations when people get to your content. Cause if it doesn't, you're just wasting your time for that click and that bounce. Um, let me just scroll down. There's a couple other ones here. Um, yeah, the ones will will make you. What happened next? Talking about freaking out. Um, they still get a lot of engagement, just not as much. Um, other engaging headline phrases. This is why, or the reason is. So that's linked to strong curiosity. And then, oh, I didn't know about this. This is interesting too, tribal headlines. So putting people into tribes. Uh, 25 things only teachers will understand. Only moms will understand. Only girls. Only night shift nurses will understand. So I think um, wanting to be in that tribe and being really relatable. Worst performing phrases. <laughs> uh, control of your. Uh, your own business, work for you, which is interesting because for um, the last couple of years, you-focused marketing, you-focused communication was was very hot. It was all the rage. Everybody wanted to change all the messaging to you, you, you. Um, and now the emotional replies are still about you, 
but it speaks um it's less selfish i think it's more uh curious or learning well and how about the one that it's you know a number like x represents a number so like 10 simple tips that's that's a that's a poorly performing one and that's probably what a lot of people try to go for well there is one here about most engaging numbers in a headline so you may want to like play around with that phrase the actual um, words but they do say that the most engaging numbers in a headline um you know where you see 10 10 top x 10 best x so 10 is actually the most engaging number um but what the next one's quite interesting um say you wrote a blog post with four in it well four almost ranks toward the bottom um two ranks pretty low but so 10 is the top five is the next top 15 7 20 and 6 it bounces around but if you don't want to like stretch your content to reach 10 because it's cliche and everyone's doing it there's still some other top performing numbers psychologically who knows why <laughs> easy to easy to uh comprehend perhaps um but i would keep some of these on the top of my list because i do a lot of list based um content um i know it it does work but the expectation when they when they click in is honest. It's it, it's going to meet their expectation and it's useful and helpful. Um, I'm going to link this up so you guys can see the the rest. It just goes on for pages. It's clearly laid out, nice graphs. Um, oh, and even uh, they they had some people make some comments on it. And the first one is Anne Hanley. From marketing profs about oh, okay. uh there you go i'm down to the section now i've seen it now yeah oh i like that they went out and got the feedback of the people there so. she says uh spend as much time writing the headline as you do an entire blog post or social post because the headline matters and she does that <laughs> get creative it. yeah i i yeah, there's some there's some uh I learned smart. some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. I, I think I, I think I saw this and I was like, mm-hmm. it's funny. Cause I think I saw this and I, and I, and I just was like, eh, I'm not reading that. I know BuzzSumo puts out good stuff and, and that's one of the ways that they grew. Uh, they grew their company organically as they provided a lot of free content. They go, Hey, this really weird niche industry, what content, what data can I pull for you? Um, and that's how they got to those influencers. Oh, hey, Tim Ferriss, would you like data on this to write a blog post? Here it yeah. is for free. Um, so I know when they put that together, it is to be useful and helpful. And, you know, and they're giving away trade secrets. You know, what's interesting is their, um, I don't think their headline is necessarily matches the best practice. So maybe their Facebook headline for this article is a little different. Although it's a, here's what we learned. It's very uh, I was looking at that too. And it's uh yeah it's not in any the, the the stuff in their headline for this article did not utilize any of the top yeah <laughs> except for like 100 million like cuz it'd be like 10 um, well yeah but they didn't use 10 they used 100 and that's not even yeah that's the, not even on the chart 
That's so funny. But they build up the trust, I guess, because it is so funny because, like, here's what we learned. <laughs> New research. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it, they're big enough where it'll, it'll get. Like, it's already, it's got, it's been shared 3,600 times on LinkedIn, tweeted yeah. almost 3,000 times, shared almost 6,000 times on Facebook. Even even has over 230 shares on G+. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, so this has been out for uh, not quite a month, since uh, a couple of weeks. Like two weeks, yeah. But I just saw it. Just like I, I did also see it on Facebook. I think I bookmarked it to read later, which I, I didn't. <laughs> um, I do that all the time. Finally, this is good. Finally made its rounds. I'll hey, put this up. Hey. Like some of this stuff, this is good. This is one of those that is good to like, if you have a like a like a pin board, or you put, you put stuff up on your wall, like around your your desk, or you just, I don't know print it up and just put it somewhere where you can see it. What's in a the printer? <laughs> you put it in the place where you can see it, when the place where you write, wherever that is, and it's like, oh oh yeah, let me just let me yeah. let me try this, you know. That's good. And I know that this is like authentic and real. It's not like some people do the lists where they say we've done a hundred. I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't believe you've done 200 million. Um, well, let, let's, uh, let's finish up the episode. Uh, sometimes we typically get a little long, but it's always good value. It's always good. Uh, we'll go back and read, listen to these when we're old and gray. Yeah. 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 And we do have a question of the show. Yeah. Give it. Give I, it away. I, here it comes question of the show uh there was a recent article that talked about uh it was on courts uh that talked about um facebook users and the different types of facebook users that may exist now this is a total like it was a small sampling it's not meant to be scientifically scientifically accurate in any way um but it's it's just interesting so the question is what type of Facebook user do you consider yourself to be? Uh, there's four categories that this, this study uh, that was done for the International Journal of Virtual Communities and Social Networking. Uh, that sounds like a paid, paid study. <laughs> I don't know. There was some sort of it's research. Fine. But it's new. It's, it's as of today. The, the, the post was out today. So there's four types relationship builders, window shoppers, town criers, and selfies. They're pretty self-explanatory. Um, I will post the link. Um, relationship builders are just that. They've, they're looking to, to further build their relationships with friends and family on social channels. Um, window shoppers are... Um, they they don't they don't commit on the social channels. They don't give a lot of of themselves as far as their personal information or really divulging much of that. As they are more just on these channels like Facebook. It's just to, it says nor do they do much liking or commenting. Right. They're stalk. They're they're like not stalking. It's um. Oh, what's the word? Well, right here it says uh, they're driven by a sense of social obligation to be on Facebook. But so I've run into these people. They're kind of ghosting. Like they're ghosting yeah. on, on Facebook. Yeah. So I've run into these people who were like, oh, yeah, I saw your Facebook post. I'm like, you did? Because they didn't like it. They didn't comment it. But every time mm-hmm. we get together in real life, 
it's like they memorized like a photo book or something. Oh, they know. Yeah, they're paying attention. Um, the other, the other, the third one is the the town criers, which are the people that they do broadcast information, um, but it's more like literally broadcasting. They're just trying to. They feel like it's important to push information out. Um, and and right now in the political climate that we're in, you're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of the the town criers out there. And the fourth one is selfies and these are the people that are just promoting promoting themselves posting everything about themselves um all the time so adam where do you fall oh man i mean i i i can tell you where i fall definitely the selfie one i'm just kidding (laughs) uh i i probably probably a heavy uh relationship builder and then I would say at times, definitely not a window shopper because I like I engage in groups with my real friends, and then you know with my real friends. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna say the same thing I am. Go ahead. No, Keep at going. times at times the part of the town choir. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. The, I was gonna. My, I'm definitely a combo of. of I mean, the I know people builder who, and the town crier. The know the knowing the town choir, I and mean, that's why we're friends, man. Um. No, the town criers, criers are their virtual world does not resemble their real life, which for people who are just that, I know that is that rings so true. I'm like, they follow a bunch of people, they're, uh, and but they don't in real life they don't hang out with any of those people, but they're those social activists on Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say the same. Um, I think the- I rarely post photos of myself. I mean, you do. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, and I. <laughs> I'll I'll certainly post post photos like if if we're out doing with the family or whatever oh, yeah, totally. like yeah. you know I, it's it's I think it's just the context of it is different like if I if I I don't just do it just for the sake of doing it there's a reason like if I'm posting a, a stupid selfie it's like there's something there's a reason why I'm posting that specific like it's funny sure. there's something going on I don't know and I don't do it very often so, so I do all those like all the face filters. Mm-hmm. Almost on a daily basis, with my daughter, but we never post them. So like, dad, can we do the face filters? But I just never post them. Not because it's not cute or whatever. I just have this thing about my kids on social. So I gotcha. I, see, so, I, it's funny because the ones that you see, I'll post with with my toddler Valentina. Like, well, <laughs> you see the ones that I post, and it'll yeah. be a, a couple or something. But we'll have done like ten. 12 <laughs> times and yeah and messed around and um she loves it she thinks it's funny yeah like, um, i mean honestly like if it's not what twitter facebook or instagram wants messenger all those we'll literally go through four apps and use all their filters we'll do messenger we'll do facebook instagram snapchat she wants to go through them all and because they're all different and then Oh, record it, Dad, because it has the different voice. So we do record them all, play them, and then just delete them, or not don't post them. So it's, it'd be. I know there was the one with um that was bought by Facebook, right? Uh, MS Masquerade. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was the standalone app. I don't, I don't really know if there are standalone apps that just do that. Um, it would make sense that they, you know, YouTube Kids came out with YouTube Kids. It would make sense that they they took this technology and just put it into like. Just a fun family app filter game for your. I mean, 
That'd be smart. Tons of users. You can still sell branded filters in there, but you're just not pu pushing them out and posting them, sharing them. Uh, you could. Or maybe it's only connected to, like, it's not a public thing. It's it's almost like Snapchat. It's just a game. But not, like, but you can post it. You can share it. Not post it. You can share it with, like, the contacts that you put in. Sure. No, it's just, I mean, although there was that, but it got bought. I mean, it's a smart play, like, like to spend time just doing silly faces with my daughter for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're using technology, but to spend time in real life and connect. It'd be yeah. Yeah. It's for so fun. I love it. Anything else. It, it was oh, funny because this, this, this um, study thing, the terms, it kind of reminded me of, and I'm not going to remember them all right now because it's too late, but um, in one of his books, Malcolm Gladwell, I want to say it was Blink, talked about this type of classification of, of people like there's the mavens the connectors and then two others and it's like this type of thing where the connectors thrive on like i'm connecting you to to like oh, sure. other people that i feel like you guys will connect and there's value there for the two of you the mavens are the ones that go out and like try to meet and connect themselves with everybody then there's like two other classifications, um, but that he didn't make that up. I don't think. I think he he was just he wrote about it, and that's like a like a another kind of theory or evaluation that's out there, and it just, it reminded me. This reminded me of that in a way. So, but I figured we would probably be the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the show. That's it. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed. As always, send us a tweet, message us. And let us know if you have any questions, anything you want to talk about, or articles you find on the next show. Hit tips, that music. Yeah, tips, tricks, whatever. Hit the music. And as always, make sure you tweet us at hashtags pod. We'll answer any questions, feedback, suggestions, or if you have wild accusations or circumstantial evidence to the contrary of what we presented. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Bye.